Aloha, you are listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Chad Ford, and my guest today is New York Times sports reporter and NBA Hall of Famer, Mark Stein. It feels great to call you an NBA Hall of Famer, Mark. That did not happen. I cannot comment on that. <laughs> still don't. Still don't. I was there, but I still don't believe it. Uh, I believe it. Uh, it's uh, What an amazing amazing honor. You know, the last time we saw each other was on the floor of the Barclays Center. It was 2017 NBA draft. We were both there. Uh, Both of us were part of that massive 2017 layoff at ESPN, but both of us had stayed on until the draft. That was our our last day uh, for both of us. And it was a very bittersweet goodbye. Uh, we had really worked together in some capacity or another since 2001. And in my opinion, there isn't a better reporter or person in the NBA uh, than you. Very Mark. kind of you to say you're getting me all emotional. Yeah. Me, yeah. I'm a little bit emotional too. Uh, it's been a long time. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, not only because you're a great friend, but you're one of the most plugged in reporters in the league. But what I really loved about you both, at ESPN and, and now at the Times is, is you're a true writer. Like you handled your job and your sources with grace and class. The, the writing was impeccable. I, I remember you lovingly agonizing over every story you wrote. You you cared deeply about the league, the game, and, and the people in, in the game. And one of the other things I always loved about you, you were always more concerned about being nuanced and right than being first. And especially in a time like this, in a time where there's so much fear and anxiety and so many unknowns, that's the sort of person I want to talk about COVID-19 and, and how it's affected uh, the NBA draft and, and the NBA in general. And that's why I wanted you as my first guest on my new po- podcast. And so it's really great to be talking to you about the NBA again, Mark. No, man. Hey, that night in 2017, I thought we had a good night. I still have that picture too. Uh, I thought you and I did pretty pretty decent in that draft. And the other thing I love about that picture, I was about twenty pounds lighter. The wow. stress, okay. The, the stress of heading for the guillotine had me in, had me in in much better shape than I am now. So that's uh, that's another reason I don't mind when that picture uh, that picture pops up in the virtual album. Hey, I appreciate yeah, all the kind words. Honestly, look, I mean, I am hardly infallible, but this, I mean, this situation, look, this is, I think this is my 27th season. Nothing, nothing, nothing compares to the situation that we're all in as a society and certainly what this league is, is looking at. And I mean, it's only been, I think it was t- today, we're recording this on, you know, what, basically 16, 17 days after the league shut down. And it feels like, it feels like a year because it's been so long and, and everybody's still really grasping for answers is the truth. Yeah, we are. And and I know that what we're going to talk about next is, is going to be fluid and, and subject to change, sometimes within hours. And uh, maybe that's going to be the danger of, of, of pre-recording some of this. But I'm not sure the questions I'm going to ask you are going to get answered in the next couple of days by the league. And I know you're not a draft guy. I know the draft isn't isn't your favorite thing. And, and that's okay because I think the journey of this podcast and, and really the entire league right now isn't hinging on the NBA draft at the moment. And so it feels right to start with, with context and, and really start to begin with questions like what's 
going on right now in the league? Will the league finish the season? How are teams and players handling this unique time? Will there be a draft? How is all of this going to affect our league? And so I'm going to start right now, Mark, with the first question, which is more of a human question than a procedural question. How are people in the NBA hanging in there right now? I think there's, you know, it's a mixture of, I think there is some optimism if you look hard enough for it, but there's there's also a lot of frustration and confusion because it just everything the whole world has come to such an abrupt stop. But you know this is the world that we live in. Everybody who is either in the league or tangentially associated with it, like us, you know it's just sud- such a sudden stop. And so I mean there are a zillion questions. I and I I think that. One of the toughest thing is guys can't go in a gym right now. There, there are players out there who don't, depending on if they live in a big city and don't have a lot of space, who don't even have access to a hoop right now. And that's just what makes it unprecedented. Is that, I mean, you know, some guys are fortunate and you know they've got their own court set up at home and they can still get out. But you know, this is, I mean, this is a situation where you you can't even just go to a gym. You can't go to a park and shoot i mean there's just if you don't if you don't have access to a hoop it's it's got to be an out-of-body experience for these guys to in in you know, just as the playoffs are approaching and just like that nobody can play so you know from the player perspective it's how do you how do you stay in any semblance of shape and we know there's nothing you can really do to replicate basketball shape but it's funny you know you mentioned how Maybe the draft isn't the most important thing, but I think among teams they are thinking about it hugely because you know we're in the middle of what should be the NCAA tournament. This is the time when every team is really ramping up its draft preparation. So it's just it's curveballs left, right, and center for everybody, and just kind of looking to New York and seeing when when there's going to be some sort of firm guidance. But I mean, there are still just too many unknowns. I think for that firm guidance to come, but look, if you look hard enough, there are optimists out there and, you know, I'm a pessimist by nature. I mean, you work close enough with me to know that, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, it's not coming back. You know, this is, there's no way they're going to finish the season. But I think, I think that's a, I think that's a minority and overly pessimistic view. I think from the league operation side in New York, they are of the mind that somehow, some way, they're going to get this thing back online. And even if this means the leagues, the, the 2019-20 season goes all the way into sep- you know September, they're willing to do it. So they will do everything they can to get this season done. Okay, I'm going to break down a few of those answers that you had there, You know, starting with the league hanging in there. And, and I like that you mentioned the players because I know from the outside you can look and say, Hey, these players, they're, many of them are millionaires. Uh, they have so many resources available to them. You, you know, they're, not, they're not the victims of COVID-19 the way that, that so many people are because of the economic uh, concern that's happened. And, and many people frustrated that players were able to get uh, COVID-19 tests but before many people in the general public were able, uh, able to get it. So there's that frustration there. But when you hang around the league as, as long as you and I have, you know that there's an obsession with playing basketball, and there's an obsession and an entire way of life that that being an NBA player or being an NBA coach or being an NBA executive, it's 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 all consuming. 
And to just have that stop and have it all taken away has been psychologically really, really challenging for players. I know I talked to an NBA GM uh, two days ago who said that as hard as this is, every year about this time, his head coach begins to physically and emotionally break down because of the 20-hour days and all of the travel and just the obsessiveness of being there. And, and their advice to everybody was go get healthy, uh, go relax, uh, go read a book. Uh, there's not, you, you can't plan for a game tonight, but it's really, really hard for people that are in that routine and that, that's their life to actually do something like that. And so there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you know. It's not comfortable for a lot of people to relax and be faced with these unknowns. And again, you know, look, every sentence that we say for as long as we have this conversation, you could throw in the caveat of, in the grand scheme of things, in the world, this is nothing. This is meaningless. LeBron James the other day, you know, some 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 of his quotes came out when he did the podcast with with Allie Clifton and Channing Frye and, and Richard Jefferson. And LeBron was talking about just, you know, how his, this is when his body starts ramping up for the playoffs and all of a sudden it's just shut down and his body's kind of rebelling on him. And, you know, he, he doesn't know what to do. And, and I, I tweeted in response, you know, this, is, this doesn't even classify as a problem in today's real world. But look, we are basketball people. This is a basketball podcast. So we're going to talk about these issues as, as you know, in, in, in our little world, these, these are massive, massive uncertainties and issues. And look, we're in the load management era now and teams and players have never worried more about taking care of, of themselves physically. And so, I mean, that's one of the, you know, top 20, you know, put it in the biggest bold print headline. You can biggest questions facing this league is how, when they, if if they finally do get the go ahead to start the season again, how long is it going to take to to get these guys back in position to start cramming in a bunch of games? And you know, Jared Dudley from the Lakers responded to my tweet and put four weeks. And you know, I tend to think he's right. It's going to take a month at least for the league to kind of start up again. So just so. Whenever you know whatever it is, as far as when games are coming back, I mean, you you have to start getting used to the idea that there's going to be a month of lead up before that can even happen. Right, and practice facilities are shut down. Uh, this is a strange time. NBA teams can't really go in and check on players the same way. I mean, obviously they can do it virtually, but I think a lot of people don't understand how the league keeps going in the summer and coaches keep going in the summer and front offices keep going in the summer and and there's there's a lot of communication that's still happening and and a lot of that's that's dried up so what are people doing right now i mean what what can they do in this this time period what are front offices doing what are coaches doing what are players doing in this uncertain hiatus of time obviously they're all sheltering in place but what are they doing with their time i mean team wise i think everyone is trying to you know, assemble these on the fly draft preparations the best they can. You know, they, you know, they didn't just lose the NCAA tournament. They lost the conference championships by and large. And, you know, you, you know, this far better than I do that there's a school of thought that says those tournaments can sometimes be just as valuable as valuable, or maybe even more in the scouting process because they like to see players going up against players that they're used to competing against more often 
as opposed to the more random nature of the NCAA tournament. So they've lost all kinds of scouting opportunities. You know, they've lost the two, three, four most important weeks of games. You can't meet draft candidates in person. You can't do inter. You can't do all these things. So teams, I think, are trying to, you know, basically manufacture a scouting process the best that they can. So at least I think for team people, for you know, even coaches, there's there's stuff to do on that front. I, I actually think it's much harder for the players. They, you know, again, every you know, it's a different individual, you know, in individual to individual, different set of circumstances depending on, you know, can you get a Peloton in your house? What kind of workout gear do you have? You know, how can your teams monitor you virtually? But, I mean, I just think for, for players, it is absolute culture shock. We'll be back with more Mark Stein. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Network. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in the gym. You'll love Echelon. But if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com L-O-N-B-A to learn about this limited time, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's Echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A, echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. We are back to the Chad Ford NBA Big Board Podcast with more Mark Stein. What's the league saying about when's the when's kind of like the drop dead date that they could have an NBA Finals and then salvage together backwards a playoffs and maybe maybe some semblance of a, of a season or a play in tournament or something? Well, I know it's been tossed around that they can go you know up to up to the September September 10th-ish range when the NFL typically starts, and then that's when that, that that's the supposed drop-dead date. But who's, who's to say the NFL won't push their season back? Right. I mean, I think every sports league is looking at pushing things back. So, you know, you asked me, and I, I lost my train of thought there. You asked me why I'm pessimistic, and for me it's more of a just, I you know, I, I'm just personally worried that things are not going to become safe enough, but like I said, I, I'm very much in the minority. I think around the league there is a quiet optimism. And look, there's there's basically, you know, there's multiple factors here. You know, the league wants to crown a champion badly. They don't want to have a season that that isn't resolved. 
this was already a very, very expensive season for the NBA with a lot of financial loss because of the way things started with the whole Daryl Morey situation in China. But there is, and with each day this gets more momentum, there is this behind-the-scenes kind of experimental phase. You, you saw Adam Silver say it when he sat and talked with, with Rachel Nichols on ESPN. Sometimes in situations of chaos, it does provide opportunity for change. And, and that, that faction within the NBA that wants to change the, cal- the calendar completely, this is the chance. This is the chance to theoretically play games in June, July, and August and do the draft in September and then do summer league and then take a short break and come back in December with the next training camp. This, 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 this could line up as that chance that something that would be incredibly hard for silver to push through in a vote, but now it's forced upon everyone just because of situations, you know, circumstances out of everyone's control. There are a lot of people in the league who are interested in seeing that happen. So that's why, even as I brand myself a pessimist, I probably shouldn't be because I think there are a lot more people who fall into that category who who want to make that that kind of schedule happen. That's what I'm hearing as well, and and I I'm doubtful. I'm extremely pessimistic. We're going to see an NBA Finals in June or July or August, even. But something happening in September, which then means I think, alluding to your point, that if there is an NBA Finals in September, there isn't going to be an NBA season, a next NBA season starting in October. Everything at that point gets gets pushed back so that you can handle free agencies, uh, so that you can handle the draft. Every everything gets shifted back. I, I think there's a lot of momentum in the league uh, around doing something like this. That that permanently shifts the the landscape and allows people really to think about all of this stuff because everything everything is in flux right now it does give us the opportunity to be creative one big difference here is you know there was so much talk all season about adam silver wants a play-in tournament for the last four playoff spots in each each conference and he desperately wants the soccer style in-season tournament but there's resistance much more tangible resistance to those concepts than the December start of the season. The December start of the season does have much more support. And I think, again, there are a lot of people who would just like to give that a whirl. And if, if this, if these terrible circumstances force the league to try it out, well, that's just the way it was. And so, yeah. I, I, I think we, we should all get ready for it's going to be a huge shock for all of our systems and, and our metabolism who, you know, who've been, you know, the NBA calendar has worked the way it works now for forever. So it's going to, it's going to be a big change to have, you know, summer league become a fall league. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that. It's it's a re- uh, let's call it a reasonable expectation at this point. I mean, it's certainly nobody can promise anything, but it's it's on the board and it's high on the. Board. And to your point with the NFL and a million other things that we could mention right now, it's not like just the NBA is going to start doing things differently. Everything is going to change because of this. Everything is going to change, and so I, I think that you're right. It gives Adam Silver and the NBA more flexibility that way. A couple of quick questions here. Is the league going to open up arenas back for fans when they start playing again? 
I, that I don't think so. I think the pessimism there is is more than justified. I mean, you know, the thing that everybody's bandying about now, are we going to see not even a summer league style, but more like a G League showcase style situation where it's 30 teams summoned to Vegas and you play a handful of, of regular season games and then, and then start your playoffs. And, you know, our play again, so many questions. Are they going to abbreviate the first round? Are they going to abbreviate more than the first round? Can they really do best of seven for four rounds? I mean, they're going to have to think about, you know, how much time they have to try to squeeze all this in. But again, you know, a lot of people are spitballing that we're going to, that's what we're going to see an empty arena in one venue and then all kinds of experimentation with more cameras and different TV angles than we've ever seen. Now, that seems to be the prevailing wisdom again today as we approach April 1st. I mean, we always got to keep in mind that this is, this is so fluid and, and fast changing, but the notion of fans in a building that is really, that's really hard to imagine even in, in, in July at this point. I mean, look what's going on in China. You know, they thought they were starting up again April 15th, and they've already had to push that back to May. And every other league in Asia has basically thrown in the towel and said they're not going to play. So uh, it's, I, think, I think everybody knows how complicated this is going to be. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, Mark Stein is going to talk about free agency and the NBA draft. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Network. We're back talking with Mark Stein about the NBA draft and NBA free agency on the Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast on the Locked In Network. Okay, we get through the season whenever that is free agency what you know not it's, it's not just a question of when will free agency be it's also a question of given the massive financial hit that the nba has taken that owners have taken a bit because of this what are the salary cap implications uh, for these nba teams because nothing again is going to be the same and the salary caps determined every year by the league revenue uh, that that's coming to the league that that is cratered throughout the league. Uh, what 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 happens with all of that? Well, and that's that's the thing. We're going to have to see how much the cap drops. I mean, you're you're seeing estimates where some people think it could drop ten to fifteen million. Could it, is it really going to be that steep? Can the players and the league come to some sort of agreement where they try to you know smooth it out, smooth it drop? You know, we 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 all remember how smoothing didn't didn't it didn't work in 2016 when we had the cap spike and the league tried to convince the union for smoothing can can they do some sort of reverse smoothing where the dip isn't so drastic i think the union might be a little more open for the reverse smoothing. my uh my math ain't great so i'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that i can i can do those calculations but yeah i mean it's it's funny though i mean this, this draft class was just everyone was so down on it there's nobody in this free, I'm not draft class, free agent class. There's nobody in this free agent class. The only teams with cap space, none of them are marquee teams. And, you know, now there's obviously great concern of what free agency is going to look like when 
is free agency going to happen? When is the draft going to happen? Can the draft really happen June 25th? Me, personally, I, I don't think so. But, you know, they haven't made any decisions on that, and, and you can imagine they're going to use every ounce of time they can before they have to. But that's the thing. There's, you know, whenever you pose these questions to, and I'm sure you do the same, when you talk to teams and say, what are you hearing? What are you hearing on the draft? What are you hearing on free agency? I think there's such a focus at the league level to figure out games first in the short term that it's hard for teams to, you know, it's hard for the league to really devote tons and tons of energy yet to matters like free agency and the draft because they got to figure out step one first. Right. And and that, that is the, the exact same feedback that I'm getting virtually from every team that I'm talking to is, Again, that's the the draft especially is the least of the NBA's challenges right now. And even as far as free agency goes, some of that is going to be impacted on whether there's games again and what sort of revenue the league can can get from those games. And that that obviously impacts free agency in a different way. I'm I'm of the belief, let's let's finish on the draft. I'm of the belief that they could have the draft. I'm not saying they will. I don't have any any uh, knowledge that they will or won't have it in June. I think that they can. I mean, you've lost workout preps. You've, you're going to lose the combine for sure. You're going to lose, you know, those those interviews that the teams are doing, at least in person. They, they certainly could do those uh, over Zoom or Skype or what have you. Uh, you're going to lose those team workouts. You're going to lose the agent workouts. I know everybody's crushed about that. But you have scouting staffs who have been out all year scouting these players. You have all the purists in the league that have been telling me for the last 20 years that I've been doing this, that all that other stuff is overrated. The, you know, the workout preps, the combines, the, you know, uh, the only things that matter, the meds and, and the medical is a really big issue, I think, with the draft and how they would get good medical information, because I do think that every team will tell you that that, that is critical. But the rest of it, there's, there's a lot of purists and scouts that say, you know, all that other stuff, the, the tournament, the NCAA tournament, it's, it's all overblown. If you're a good scout and you have a, have a body of work to watch a player play in, you should be able to project this player. And in fact, some of these other things, actually what they do, and, and John Hollinger and I were recently talking about some of the stuff that happens with the Grizzlies, is, is sometimes that stuff can actually throw you off from where you've been all year with a prospect and throw you off in, 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 a, in a bad way. And, and we were talking about Clint Capella, for example, and and where he was sort of ranked all season. And then he came over and participated in you know, Hoop Summit and did some individual workouts or whatever. And he plummets to 25. And, and clearly he was one of the top five players in that draft. And and so I wonder if this isn't a moment where the NBA can also break some bad, maybe bad habits. You know, sometimes too much information can, can hurt you in the other way. And so I wonder if there's an argument to be made that, that you can have this draft uh, in, in June. And by the way, nobody's been super excited about this draft. And a lot of the top prospects in this draft either didn't play in college, uh, they played overseas, they got injured. Uh, some of their teams weren't going to make the NCAA tournament anyway. Well, here's the one thing I can say, I think, with a reasonable degree of confidence. The sense I get is there's no way we're going to see the draft happen if the standings aren't finalized. So if, if there's a chance mm. that there could be some regular season games in July, my extrapolation from that line of thinking would be they would rather wait and give themselves as much time to see, can you play a few regular season games first before starting this postseason? Because, you know, as, as we've heard 
our, our good friend Brian Winhurst has thrown this out there. You know, there's if you play less than 70 games, you owe money to the regional networks. And so there is a motivation at league level and certainly among some teams. Can you come back and get to that 70 game marker, which most teams are, you know, the, the median is like 63 to 67, 64.7 is the average that teams have played. So we're, you know, we're basically talking for most teams, four or five games. Can they get those four or five games in, in the regular season? So they meet those, you know, those TV benchmarks before we get to the playoffs. So if, if they can play regular season games in July, you can't have a draft on June 25th. So I think that's going to be something for people to monitor going forward. If the league has hope of restarting in July, that will impact when the draft actually is. Now, if, if they come to the conclusion as we get closer, that there's just no way the regular season can start up again and the standings are declared final, then I think, I think we will then, you know, we, there, there's obviously a much better chance then that the draft could happen as scheduled. And we're at about, we're at about 65 yeah. games, right? Into the season. 65. Yep. And so we're, if you're talking, if you're talking about 70, you're not talking about a lot of games. Yeah. I think there's so much financial motivation for teams to get to at least 70 that the league, again, this is, this is just my read that the league is going to give itself every chance to try to do that. So that would, that would be a reason, that would be a reason why they may want to explore delaying the draft. But, you know, going back to all that scouting stuff, <laughs> it's funny that everybody says that, and they are you know, not disputing at all. I know teams are saying that, but you know what's going to happen. They're going to make their picks, and then the season's going to start, and, and draft picks are going to start underperforming, and all you're going to hear is these private rumbles of, man, we didn't have – we didn't have the tournament to study them. We didn't have all our didn't have all our face to face meetings. No wonder we got this pick wrong. Yeah, and you don't hear that during the other seasons ever, right? Like you don't you don't ever hear teams trying to explain why their picks aren't playing <laughs> playing well. I mean, if there's one constant in NBA draft is that myself and NBA scouts are going to consistently be wrong about things. So uh, I'm not sure that uh, this this no, is going to be harder than ever, and that's. It's harder than ever, and you know, obviously, fans are going to have no sympathy. But just the re- it's the reality. I mean, there's just there's it's harder to hit on a draft pick now than it was, you know, when I was just a young fan loving this league, and, and so much so many more NBA ready players were in the draft. So I mean, I'm sure I'm sure everybody's apprehensive about the draft because the pressure is going to be even tougher this time to get it right because of these 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 new conditions. Well, Mark. Uh, you've been illuminating as always. Really appreciate you coming on and 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 helping helping me understand and our listeners understand what's going on in the league uh, right now. Uh, I'm I'm sure you're excited to come back and break down Lamelo Ball's game uh, on a different podcast at a different time. Uh, but I'm sure that we'll be talking again as as more information and and uh, there's more movement and what's happening with the league and 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 hit back with- when, when it's time to talk. When it's time to talk Denny of Deha, then I'll. Talk okay, you. all right. We will do. We will do a special uh, scouting. Uh, Mark Stein, uh, a a true blue patriot uh, for all Israeli players, uh, is got uh, has got a favorite in this draft. All right, Mark, stay safe. Take care of yourself and your family, and really appreciate you being my first guest uh, on the podcast. And just really awesome to be able to work with you again. I'm honored, brother. Hope everybody out there is safe and sound. Be good.
All right, you've been listening to the Chad Ford NBA Big Board Podcast. Aloha. Aloha.